Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast not PS. Sold in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sold in semantic. Yeah, man, Big ups to the man, yeah. Sold in semantic. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I am your host, Rafi Pinsky, and today, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and here we go. Today we have Al Malamed, uh, the Zohan. Hey, how's it going, brother? Zohan is because of my accent, right? That's true, yes. <laughs> no, I'm going to, honestly, I've had other Israelis and I haven't done, I don't know, for some reason. You're the, you're the, the Zohan real estate agent. I, I take it. You put hummus on your, um, on your toothbrush? Usually, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, so Ayal and I met a, probably, I would say, close to a year ago. We met at a, at a Shabbat or Sabbath meal. And Omer cooked all the food for the most part. Amazing food. Whoever, whoever he gets married to is going to get, who might, might get very fat. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah, he cooks awesome food. So, that's the story. So, we met. And Ayal was already in real estate for a lot longer than I was. I was a newbie. And I still am. And uh, he's doing very well. And I, as you know, I'm always trying to get people in real estate mortgages anywhere in the finance world onto my show to discuss different things and, and learn from them. So coming from Israel, okay, obviously you started as a realtor in Israel, you moved over here. What was it like being a real estate agent there versus here? That's a great question. So, yes, I was born and raised in Israel, but then when I was about 21 years old, so I moved to Canada to join my parents who left Israel, and they decided to live in Canada for a few years. I lived in Canada. I did my uh, BA in, um, in economics, and I didn't like Canada so much because of the, the weather. It's cold. Yeah. So, yeah, I moved back to Israel. I lived in Israel then five years, and I did my MBA in University of Tel Aviv. And I was looking what I want to do with my degrees and with my experience and everything. And then I decided to go into real estate to be an agent. That's the, the, I think to be an agent is something you, everybody can start. Like you don't need to have tons of money or you don't have to, at the beginning, to have so much experience. You can try. So I became a, a real estate agent in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And for about three years, I, I learned everything, everything I know now. I did in Israel. So I was an agent in the center of Tel Aviv. I did mostly rent because to sell an apartment in Tel Aviv, it was too hard, too complicated. So I did mostly rent. Why is it so complicated? Because you need to be experienced. And as I said, I was a new agent. And in Israel, it's like a jungle. Like to be an agent is not just to sell homes. It's like you need to be a, a, a detective and I tell you why because people sign for you that if they if they buy an apartment or sell from you they will pay you commission right and you have everything signed like you like you learn how to do it but then you find out that people close deals behind your back and I found that if I find out a few times that people that I show them places they just tell me no we're not interested and eventually after a few months they didn't get back to me they didn't call me back I just went, I passed by the, the house, if it was an apartment, and I checked and I see on the mailbox, they have a new uh, family name, like the, the same client that I showed him, it was weird. I called the client 
And I said, did you close this apartment which you told me you don't like? He said, no. Like he was pretending naturally, like in very self-confidence that he didn't close that apartment. But I said, yeah, but I see your, your last name on the on the mailbox. It's a very confident lie. Oh That's, my God, yeah. Well, we're taking that to the grave with that shit. Okay. And don't think I, 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 dealt, I dealt with like <coughs> bad people. Like some of them were lawyers and, and accountants and people super quality. Whoever lives in the center of Tel Aviv, you know, they're very wealthy and they're doing well. And if they have the money to rent in Tel Aviv, they have good jobs. So... Mm-hmm. Those people just like lie to me, and I'm sh- I, I found out on a few of them, but I'm sure that some of them I, I missed. And it's so hard to make a deal anyway. So finally, you do a deal, and then they try not to pay you commission. So that, that was like very hard, but uh, challenging three years of being a real estate agent in Israel, in Tel Aviv. And I was struggling, and I, I did okay, but I wouldn't say super well. Uh, and then I decided, okay, to do rentals for, for personal private people is not for me. So I started doing more commercials. So I was able to work with, uh, with companies, with the CEOs who were looking for uh, branches, let's say cafes and, and, um, clothing stores they were looking for, for new stores. So I helped them to, you know, find new locations. Um, uh, it was okay, but still, ah, uh, you know, I, I was looking for something better, something more organized. I have an MBA, so, you know, I think I can do something a little better than, you know, struggling and fighting with people over my commission. And then I decided, okay, I want to move to USA. And I had my American passport because my mom was born in, in America. So I always had my American passport, but I never used it. It was in my drawer and I barely even traveled to US. I didn't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, um, my wife and I moved to, to Florida without knowing anybody, no connections, no nothing. And we started, we started, uh, you know, to build a life here. I really wanted to do real estate. So I had so much motivation, which I think that's, that's everything mm-hmm. to, to be motivated. And I really worked hard, like 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Uh, I learned a lot. I watched YouTube all the time. There was no podcast like that, but like mostly YouTube about people who are succeeding, what they do, how they do it. I learned the map by heart, like to know all the area where I work, South Florida. I learned the map and I made connections with people through the, the Facebook or through other blogs. Um, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have clients. My English is not, you know, my mother language. So with all that struggle and challenge, um, what I did, I started learning. And meanwhile, I recorded everything I did. So I did videos of me showing places, uh, getting to going to open houses. And I went to courses. If you're a realtor, you, you can go to free classes that teach you some, you know, about marketing, about how to mm-hmm. survive the first year about social media so everything i did i recorded and i used the facebook and youtube and and instagram and everything to show people so i didn't know if it's gonna work or not but you know i just did it so everything i recorded every cool house um i did so the best thing the one that really helped me out i went to porsche design tower you heard about this building sure have so they launched it in 2017 it's a it's a fancy building, like there are many of them in Miami, uh, but this one specifically, there are elevators who lift up your car into your, your actual unit. So you can park your, your car on the 42nd uh, floor in your unit, and it's, 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 a game. it's like 
very cool marketing gimmick. I mean, if you leave something in your car, you don't have to take the elevator to the parking lot. It's pretty yeah. nice. So I knew it's going to be like, <laughs> wow, especially to the Israeli audience. So I went to see an apartment. Obviously, as a realtor, I have an access to all, all you know, uh, listings for sale. Mm-hmm. So I went to this building. I started recording. I sent it to somebody to edit it for me. And I just posted it on, on Facebook one day. And I didn't know if people would like it or not. But then I, I went to sleep. I woke up the day after. You don't believe it. I had about 1,500 new friends request. Not likes. People won't. You know, ask me to be a friend from, from the Facebook. Video. 15, from, a, from a video. And you put this video on Facebook? I put it on Facebook, on a few groups. 1,500 friend requests, thousands of comments and likes. And oh my God, it was like booming. And I, I had a journalist from Israel, from Israel Ayom. It's a very famous... Yeah, I know Israel Ayom. Yeah, yeah. You know? So he contacted me. Oh, listen, I loved your video. Can I use it? He said, okay, just don't forget to give me some credit. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, sure. So mm-hmm. he put it on... Israel Ayom. Did like, he pay you for it or something? He didn't pay. I didn't ask for money, but just okay. ask for credit. So that gave me like boost. So many people started, you know, following me on social media. Wow. And I liked that. So I started doing more and more videos. That was like the, the most successful video. Uh, and I, I reached over 1 million views. The and it was is, in Hebrew. You, By the way, the, Hebrew, the, the whole video was in Hebrew. Uh-huh. So everything, you know, in, in a small audience, like only the Israeli Hebrew speaking people. Um, Did you get any buyers for it though? Not specifically direct to this building, but indirect yes, buyers. Yes, 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 yes. I got you. Get to know me and they bought like different stuff and started, you know, following me. It's a long relationship, you know, to, to sell houses and investment and stuff. You don't get a phone call and done deal, sell something. You know, I have some investors that I sold them after three, four, five years that we know each other, you know. They follow me. We talk from time to time. I send them listing. And then they say, okay, now it's not good timing. I'm, I'm out of the market. Okay. Then eight months after, they told me, okay, now we got some money. We sold a, a property in New York or California. Now we have some money. Let's, uh, let's do something together. You know, it's, it's not easy to find the right timing from the, for the right buyer. Um, but finally, when it goes, you know, you can, you can sell like crazy, crazy deals. That's why it's so important to build as big of a network as possible. Because if you have one client that wants to buy in eight months, but you have a hundred other people in your hundred is, isn't even a lot. I mean, you, at this point, you probably have a thousand thousands, more, you thousands, 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 thousands of people. So you have your, your Facebook page, which you're going to get into. Back, yes. To when I, yeah, over yeah. 20,000 pe- people I, follow you. Yes. I have uh, a Facebook page called Nadlan in Miami. Nadlan in Hebrew is real estate. So real estate in Miami. And I have many followers on, on Facebook. And every time I have a, a new deal, an off-market deal, a below-market one. So I post it there. Instead of, you know, start sending to all my clients and, you know, annoy them with all this uh, spam, you can call it. So I just put it on my Facebook page. If you like, you can follow me. If you don't like, you can unfollow. But then, you know, whenever I have a great deal, then I get like so many people contacting me, ask me questions. And sometimes that's how I close deals. You know, I, po- I post on my Facebook page or my business uh, Facebook, and people contact me whenever I have a deal that is good for them. And it's a great way. For sure. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a lot of people, over 20,000 I think people. it's all about numbers, especially me, because I work with investors. So I don't know, it, it might be a little different than end users. Um, but for investors, it's, you know, the more exposure you get, it's easier to find the right person who wants the, mm-hmm. that specific deal that you have right now. 
And if you post something and you get so much exposure, like 20,000 people see that, all you need is one serious, you know, ready buyer for that. And that's the truth, yeah. It's, and it's crazy that there are a lot of realtors, a lot of them that are older that don't know technology. They're really, really falling behind. Because yeah. if you're not leveraging social media in your business, in any business right now, whether it's restaurant, real estate, anything, you're losing out. Yeah, you need really to, to know out. how to do it these days. I see because I, uh, I have lots of network also for real estate agents who are 20, 30 years older than me, than us. Mm -hmm. And I see that it's very hard for them to keep up with, with the new technology, with how the real estate market is, is working these days. You know, in when I got into Florida five, six years ago and I didn't know nothing and I asked for advice from older, older agents mm -hmm. to ask how, how you guys do business. So they gave me some ideas that <laughs> they're not working. Like go print out magnets, start, you know, deliver them to people to put on the fridge. This is not working anymore. Like you need to, to use the technology, the social media for you. All these podcasts and YouTube and Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok is, is newer now. But also you need to have, you need to be all over. You know why it's so important? Because you leave it there forever. Meaning sometimes you put out a video, it doesn't hit for two years, and then all of a sudden it just, boom. Yeah. People start sharing it, the algorithm decides to throw it around. You just never know. So if you're constantly putting out new content... You need to be consistent. The, you need That's to be consistent, exactly. man. Because at, at, at the start, you might not see like results, not enough views, not enough likes. So people, you know, they give up. They say, okay, it's not working, I'm not good at it, whatever. But you need to be consistent and keep doing, even though you don't have the reaction... It doesn't mean it's not good. It just, you start building an audience. And all it takes is one video. All it takes is one client, right? Yeah. So like with this, it's just a matter of that. Especially if you love it, you'll keep doing it. If you hate every day of it, then you're going to give up. You know, that's also very important. Another thing I feel that I did it in 2015, 2016, it was kind of unique. But now these days, five, six years after, I, to be honest with you, now I see all over like realtors and... Uh, and entrepreneurs that they do the same thing that I did six years ago. Mm -hmm. Now you can see all over people start, try to teach about real estate and to show they do great. But now, you know, the, the market is, is, is full of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not so special. And now you need to be, again, creative, do something new because mm -hmm. now everybody else is, is you know, you need to, every time you need to think one step ahead what what is new what else nobody else done you need to be i think creativity is a great way for for marketing and always think what now to do what other people never thought about how i can advertise it differently i think humor is actually important humor if you can be funny but not not funny to the point where you don't look professional but people see you're still funny and you're professional it kind of can set you apart a little bit yeah so there's some agents that do that there's this guy i had on jonathan vega he's very funny he does a, he puts a lot of humor into his his content but he's still very professional he knows his businesses so it's I right but you need to be super careful with that like you, you mentioned right you to the certain point because some people don't don't have the limit exactly and they can show themselves you know unprofessionally so you need to really know how to do it and do it very well and mm -hmm. Because it's tricky, you know, some people, I saw some videos of, of, some videos of realtors, they, they don't look good at what they do because they try, they try harder. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not, it doesn't work. So that's, that's Absolutely. correct. What Absolutely. You mentioned. Yeah, it's very important. I did like a, I did a 
like a quirky video. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. But I put out a video a couple of months ago. I was sitting in my in the back of the building, and I uh, was sitting in my chair. I was sitting in like a beach chair. I I, I put it all together. Oh, I had a drink. Yeah, with I love the, it. I love it. That, that, one? that was great. But that I, was great. But it was yeah, a little yeah. bit of humor. But then I got up and I spoke. You know, and and it wasn't perfect. I, I definitely could have improved it. My speech, the 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 thing I prepared could have I been love better. This video, yeah. And but it was in your first or second month of work. Very right? new. I was so really really new. And you already did a very nice, professional, funny. Yeah, that's. And was I got great. business from it, man. Yeah. I got business from it. Yes, I did. By the way, you don't always can can keep track or the business that you get from a specific video like my strategy is to advertise all over all over and then people call me i don't even know where they come from and i i stop asking even right. because you're not doing something invest put like one thousand dollar for a video and then expect to get this return back it doesn't work this way you have to keep investing here and there and different ways and then somehow now i'm at a point that my my phone keep ringing all the all day and i don't even know why and how but i keep advertising some some of my advertisement maybe are not very great and not so successful but overall because of the consistency so somehow people keep knowing you and reaching you and and ask about you you know they keep seeing your name your name exactly. is continues to stick in their mind al 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 yeah. al so they're like That's if i'm going to call somebody it's going to be al they have to be thinking of that when they're on the bathroom taking a poop <laughs> I'm saying straight up, like they're they're like, who am I gonna, who am I gonna call? You know what I mean? So it's you need just, to be in their mind and keep on doing it. It's not enough that you always. did one great video with one million views and that's it. It's been four years since then, so I need to keep doing every week something new, something, something else. Absolutely. They so, don't remember you from four years ago, but if they keep seeing your name, so when they need someone to sell or buy their house, then they contact you. With what happened in Surfside, how do you think that's going to change the condo market in South Florida? That was a very big tragedy, unexpected. Nobody still knows what happened. Like that was a very sad incident very sad. that nobody, I, I don't know what happened, but now, of course, the market will change in a, in a way that uh, more regulations uh, will be on, on those condos. Um, now there is only 40 years certificate after they build the condo first 40, 40 years they, nobody comes to inspect do nothing so after 40 years they need to get the certificate so that building was exactly 40 years old and it was in a, in a process of renovating they just did a new roof and stuff but I believe that now they will do like more often of, uh, of inspections that's one thing um, and also I think that people now a little bit, I, I hear people that are a little bit, you know, nervous, nervous about living in condos. They shouldn't like, it's right. not something that can happen again or it, it happens once in a lifetime. And it's really weird the way it happened Um how it's going to change the, the market. I don't think it's going to change so much That's what I think. because I tell you what people have like very short memory. It's exactly what I think. Uh, they, now everybody is, is thinking and talking about it, but I, I, I tell you, in, in a year from now, they're, they're going to build something new there. And okay, the standard, standard of, of building will be a little bit more strict, but that's it. It's exactly it's like what I thought. It's like the weekend that happened like 50, 60 years ago. So, you know, people don't mention it. They keep coming to Florida, and Florida is still number one uh, in positive immigration state in the U.S., and, you know, people don't say, okay, in Florida, there are hurricanes, so I'm scared of coming, you know? 
I think the exact same thing. In uh, 9-11 happened in New York. Are people not living there right now? Exactly. When it first happened, people were probably freaking out, right? They're like, this can happen again. We might, there might be all these terrorist attacks happening. In the moment, you, you're, you're scared. Yeah. Even for me, it didn't concern me. But for a lot of people, they're worried. Over time, like you said, your brain kind of forgets. You realize that, hey, this is the, buildings aren't going to start falling down. Unfortunately, it, it, it was a tragedy to happen, but the likelihood of all these units just, well, these these buildings just collapsing, it's it's not, and it's the, not a reality. I think they will be more strict, so everything will be more That is a good thing. That is a good thing. That is a, definitely a good thing because it should be, you know, they should make sure that each building is, is strong and, you know. But also, if you want to you know, hear, I also see, not because of that incident, but people are looking here in Florida more for uh, for uh, houses and townhouses mm-hmm. and less of, a, of an apartment. So this is something I, I see this, this shift since the COVID that people are more interested in buying houses yeah, for sure. and lots and big lands. And, you know, so you're not you don't have this condominium association that control you and tell you what to do and ask you to pay uh, HOA or ownership association or, P- or special assessment from time to time. You are the owner of your own house and you do all the renovation, you take care of everything. So this is the shift that I see before what happened in Surfside, but COVID helped it more because after COVID, people don't like all these common areas and the elevator and this all pull together. So this is something that I do um, realize recently. There, I think a lar- large reason that's happening is because COVID made people want to move more to suburbia. A lot of people who were living in big cities, they wanted to be more f- spread apart. A lot of it because of the fear of COVID. So they want, you know, the social distancing and all that. But people just kind of wanted that space. They were, they were, space. and now they, were they can work from, work from home, home, so it's easier. Why would they pay so much money for a small studio in New York if, for the same price, they can come here to Florida and for five hundred thousand dollars buy their, a huge house with a pool and an office inside and everything? So I see a crazy movement from New York and California to Florida. Yeah, as long as they don't vote in the same idiots that they did there, then we'll, <laughs> I agree. Then we'll be fine. Which, uh, which unfortunately, a lot of them probably will, but let's hope they don't. Which is crazy to me. I don't get why that happens, but listen, I don't know. But uh, so yeah, with with everything going on, Florida is definitely an amazing market to be in right now. And one thing that's interesting that I was talking to a very very close friend of mine. Shout out to you, Itamar. Is he was telling me that in New, he's a realtor in New York. And the the normal uh, commissions are three to four percent there. Wow! Here it's five to six. Here it's really six is the standard. Five is you know happens. For definitely. two agents, it's important to mention that when you say five to six. Yeah, yeah let me explain. Some people don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so what that means is generally the I'm not sure how it works in New York, but here in Florida, the seller generally pays both sides. So there's a buyer's agent, and then there's a listing agent, a, the agent who's who's helping to sell the property. So in Florida, generally, there's 3% to one agent, 3 to the other. It's all up for negotiation, but that's the standard. In New York, it's 1.5 to each agent or 2 to each agent, which is considerably less. So um, Why do you think it's less than here? I'll tell you very simply. In New York, it's such an aggressive market. The agents there are more likely. New York in general, the one thing I can say is New York, people in New York have a better work ethic. There are people in Florida that work hard. I've come across a lot of them. You know a lot of them. When, you, when you're working hard, you meet other people who are working hard. When you're lazy, you meet other lazy people. That's my feeling. So we, you know the agents that are doing well, but the large majority of them aren't. 
Okay, and this is what I've learned from very successful agents that I know and just from so my it's experience. It's more competitive? So I think it's more competitive. And because it's more competitive, you have quality agents in New York that are willing to take such a large dip in commission that that's what's become the standard. And it's a shame because... So a few agents lead that market, right? They, they set the they standard. Willing, they set the standard. They set They're the willing standard. To, to work, to do the same job for half the commission. Then other agents have no option. They, so have, they have to, to do, do that. the same. And, and, and any, any client, any seller who, who knows the market, knows what goes on, says, well, I have James Anderson, who's one of the best agents in New York, who's accepting it for 3%. I'm not paying you 5%. Yeah. This agent is even has a better track record than you, and he's willing to do this and this and that. So that's, that's crazy. So I'm very happy that in Florida, at least you can, you know, you, your work has, goes a lot further. I mean, housing prices on average are lower here, but there are a ton of luxury apartments, houses. And those luxury lots. apartments, they always set 3 and 3%. By the way, they don't give up because you think, okay, this is a $10 million house. Maybe they give only 4% commission. No, the opposite. They always pay 6% even more. If you buy new development on a fancy building and the apartment costs $5 million, the developer pay you 7% for one agent to sell it. So it's not like in Florida, even when the prices are high, commission stays the same. Why, why do you think that? Obviously, they have the money to do it, but why do you think they're willing to pay so much? And because I have my answer. It's very hard to sell those, those units, I think. It's not easy like to find someone, someone who is willing uh, and able to pay that amount. You need to give some incentive, and usually the agents who work in this industry are really experienced and professionals, so they wouldn't work for less than that. I think also people who are wealthy understand something very, very simple, and this is something I didn't understand for most of my life, is that depending on what it is, but in many, many situ situations, you get what you pay for. If you're always trying to save a penny here and save a penny there, you're going to miss out on certain things. If you, if it, really many things, specifically with a product or service, if you do your due diligence and you know you have either a good realtor or a good contractor, whatever the case may be, if you pay the right price for it, and obviously you do some research and see that that person's able to get the job done, if you pay them what they're worth, they're going to do a much better job. Yeah. It's very simple and you get more in the long run. So of course it's hard to cough over 6% versus 3%, but if you know that that person is qualified and they're going to get that job done quickly, efficiently, and properly, you win in the long run. So uh, when people with that kind of wealth and success, I think their large reason they're, they got, they became that successful is because they understand how important that is. Yeah. You know, because you try to save that money, you hire the wrong person, they do a bad job. Now you have to spend the time finding someone else, you know, and I think that's important. So, yeah. And it's funny. Now that we're talking about luxury markets, I thought, and tell me if tell me if you agree. I thought that the luxury markets were harder when I first started. I was like, "Yeah, it's probably a lot harder to do luxury because it's you know they're wealthier clients and they're strict. You know, they maybe they have more uh, expe expectations and blah blah blah, which could be true." I did my research, and this is what I concluded, and this is what makes so much sense. I think the luxury market is harder to get into, and it's a lot. It's a much smaller pool, right? It's more exclusive. But once you can meet the right people and build that tree of the in the luxury market and get yourself into it, it's most likely easier to do those transactions because both sides of the transaction have money. The buyer has money. The seller has money. 
there are going to be less issues with the unit or or house most likely right because if they have money if it's a five million dollar house you're probably not going to have roof leaks and all these other things probably much less likely than a 300k house right they're not going to be as nitpicky for every penny there i'm sure there are situations where they are like that but more or less they're probably more reasonable and they're like okay i'm not going to sit and waste weeks of my time right now on a thousand dollars so at the end of the day, they, they see something that makes sense. They, they yeah. get it done. Uh, the, the difficult part for a lot of realtors, I think, is getting into that market because you have to be a certain person. And I'm not in it. I've, thank God I'm, I'm, I really believe I'm getting there very quickly as a newer agent. But you have to be – you have to look the part. You have to dress the part. You can't be – I mean, I'm sure they exist. But when I, when I see people in – realtors that are only working in luxury, they usually look good. They're fit. They dress well. They sp- they speak eloquently. They have a w- they're, they're charismatic. There's a lot of those things that they have that your average person doesn't have. And even if they do have it, it'll take them a very long time to get there. Whereas a lot of these luxury agents, they naturally have this aura about them where a seller, a very wealthy seller, wants to work with them because they feel confident that that person will bring you the right buyer. You need to be super professional and to show knowledge and you cannot all ask them any questions that they don't know the answer like they need to be super not knowledgeable because those buyers and sellers wealthy they were with them you know usually they they did something in their life if they have so much money so they worked with so many other people and they can tell first impression if you're the agent or not they can tell if you you're professional you have the knowledge you fit their needs um, but for the smaller one for apartments that cost like 150 200 k you know, it's, they don't have high expectations from the agent as well because they understand they don't pay them so much. And some, I, I know, I, I see around me that some people wants to sell the, the 150 apartment. They just give it to a neighbor or to the brother or to people who have the license and they never do any real estate just because they're close to them and, you know, they feel like they need to give it to them. But in the high, in the high luxury market, you don't see that stuff. Nobody gives the, the, the uncle the listing just because he's, he's exactly. a family, you know, exactly. he, he wants to, to see that the agent who work for them, who represents them, who can save them so much money, is super professional and he knows everything and he done uh, uh, transactions and sales in this, uh, in this area, in this uh, price range as well. So exactly. I, I see that, like, uh, they expect you a lot and they're absolutely right. If I had the $5 million house, I wouldn't give it to anybody, anyone. Give it to somebody who, who has who can show me results, who sold already. So you agree with me that it's not necessarily that it's so much harder to do the transaction necessarily. It's harder to to become credible. I right? need, I need I think that as in, for new agents you need to gain the experience. You can right. jump and start with luxury because I see some some new agents who just got their license and they they take a calculator. And they check how much is 3% for a $10 million house. And then they say, okay, I just need to close once a year. But it doesn't work that way. You need to close like 100 deals, regular ones, like 200, 500, 600K, to gain the experience, to make some mistakes, uh, to learn. Because when you go to this uh, field, you need to be profe- like 100% professional, not like 90%. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you don't have uh, space for mistakes. And you can go to your broker and ask him questions. You need to do everything by yourself and show confidence. And, you know, to be 100%, give them the best, best uh, price for the house. Best I mean, value. 
I think it's inevitable that you're going to make mistakes, but you want to try to make them as little as possible. Yeah. Because it's at the expense of somebody's big, potentially their biggest asset. I mean, if they're you know very very successful and they have multiple investments and whatever, but regardless, you're selling a property, even if it's a hundred thousand dollars. As a realtor, we look at oh, it's a hundred thousand dollar property. Hundred thousand dollars is not nothing. It's it's still a considerable amount of money. So even if you're representing someone for something that's in the real estate world, a very small property, you need to be professional as well, of course. No matter what, you know what I mean. So yeah, I didn't mean you, you can make mistakes. I'm just saying in order to reach the five ten million dollars, and you work with so like wealthy people, you have to act. You know, to be even more professional. Without a doubt. You can't show up in a, in a t-shirt. I mean, and that's why it takes time. I, I don't well, feel like new agents can, can do it in the very first beginning, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's also kind of if you have I mean, the, the environment and you get the leads. But because I started very low, that's why when I just came here and I told you I didn't know people, I started to do everything. I never said no to any lead, like even for rentals, like small rentals. And I sold my first or second I sell was like $60,000 apartment in North Miami Beach building. And with the time you gain more experience, you start go for the higher properties. And I like the way that you establish, you know, the base and then you start going up. I feel it's it's a little better to do it this way. Mm -hmm. So you gain experience and now after a few years I feel comfortable to sell like any any kind of property. Okay. I th I think that's definitely a good way to do it for for me I I definitely won't turn down a luxury property. I'll learn as I go, and I'm willing to take the hit for whatever. I mean, I, I understand that if I'm selling a very expensive unit and I make a mistake, it's on me, and I'm going to have to deal with that because it's at the expense of my client. But ultimately, it also pushes me much harder. So if I have a $5 million house, if a seller meets me, let's say I have, like I said, I have them on my podcast and we get along. If they ask me how long I'm in real estate, I'm absolutely telling them, you know, 11 months. And I want them to know that. And if they decide not to work with me, that's okay. But I'm going to show them how I am valuable. And again, if they feel I'm not, then that's fine, you know. But because I have such an expensive house that I'm working with, I know that I have to really, really put 10 times more work. Not to say that I shouldn't work hard on a smaller unit, but there's a lot on the line right now. Yeah. I can't, this client cannot afford any mistakes. So I need to do everything. I need to do serious due diligence. I need to look at the neighborhood, do pro very serious comps, really do proper marketing, make sure that everything is, is good. You know, When I put out the description on the MLS, send it to him or her, make sure that they approve of it. If they want anything else changed, the, pro the pictures look impeccable. Video looks impeccable. Everything is good. So, um, I mean, that's really, I, I think too. So I agree with you at the same time. My feeling is, I, I will take those opportunities if I can get them because it'll really challenge me. As a real estate, me. of course. It'll I'm, really challenge me. Of course me. you will say yes because you right. want it. Right. But you need to know where you're going through and maybe some, a good advice if you're quite new and you take this crazy expensive house, maybe you want to have like some partner with you, another agent from the office or even your broker and, and see Coolest. how you can work together to do everything. So I was thinking that if I, I was, I was, I actually did that on one of my, on one of my, listings the one i was telling you with the land i co-listed with, yeah. with an agent 
who's who does very well in my office because I, I have never done something like that. And I said, better that I have somebody work with me. I'm willing to to forego, you know, give up half the commission, but I know that my clients have two people working on it and somebody who's a lot, you know. Exactly. So if I have a, a big property like that, I may very well get somebody to, to do it with me so I, I can learn. Yeah. I can learn from them and then in the future I'll feel backup, confident. You know, so you're not worried if you do, you do something not 100% right, you get the backup from the other person. Exactly. And you share and it's better to do more deals and to share them. Okay, so listen, next time I get the $5 million listing, <laughs> you, you're saying you want it? You, you tell me. Always. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, dude, so I think we covered a lot of ground. What do yeah. you think? Is there anything else in your mind that you kind of wanted to, uh, to kind of go over? Um, if you guys want to follow me, oh, I was gonna go. I was gonna say that anyway. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna attach all any social media links you want. Definitely okay. Instagram, we'll Facebook, and everything else. Uh, definitely check out his his uh, Facebook group, Nadlan in Miami. Like we said before, it has over twenty thousand followers. People that follow the page. Is there anything else? Any other things you want people to look at? Um, not just for investors. I would say that for investors, if you want to do great deal. The, the earn on the investment is when you buy. When you buy well, when you buy below market, that's where you earn. After that, you can do whatever you want. You can sell, you can rent out, you can do Airbnb. But when you buy, let's say the market is 500, you buy it for 400, you already did great job. That's the most important part. I'm not saying it's easy. That's why you need the realtors to find you the deal. But that's the way to make money, to earn. To buy under market, yeah. yeah. That's what I've been hearing also. Okay. Guys, again, subscribe, like, share. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you gained a lot of knowledge from it. Whether you uh, decide to hire Eyal or me or hopefully both, hopefully we can do a transaction together. That'd be wonderful. There's no shortage of business, so I'm never worried about these things. It's all a matter of working hard. There's plenty of business for everybody. So, Eyal, thank you so much for coming, brother. Thank you for inviting me. My absolute pleasure. Guys, as always, Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern, we have new episodes. I look forward to to, uh, having you as a a listener on the next one. Thank you. Thank you so much.